I need to know everything Who in the what and the where I need everything Trust me, I hear what you're saying But act like it's new what you're telling me I'm curious, George I hop in the Porsche It's five and a horse I'm ready for war I'm coming for th- Now we're starting <laughs> I forgot to hit the record button <laughs> Alright Okay, today on the podcast, everybody We have a special guest Vicky Blackie Vicky, I don't know your middle name Catalina Catalina mm-hmm. Okay Vicky, you're Native American I am half Half Navajo and half Hispanic Okay, I was like I wonder if she has an interesting middle name. I've heard a lot of pretty cool ones. My grandma, Catalina. That's, <laughs> that's a good name. Uh, that's a cool name. Yeah, I like that down. name. Right. But Vicky Black, everybody was with um, Fairway Mortgage. Mm-hmm. Beautiful company. Yes. We've been working with you guys for a little bit now, and we love you guys. We love to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, today in the podcast, we have co-host Alan Kantarevich. Oh, no. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> that was on purpose. I'm still, I'm still learning. And then, Vicky, this one's for you. Oh, thank you. Vicky, <laughs> Vicky. There we go. So, I really, really love your hustle, first, first and foremost, right? Because the way that we met, um, let me stop moving this mic. Vicky sent us a video text message. She did. And we didn't even know who the hell you were. <laughs> so, we're like... Yeah. Uh, do we press play or what do we do here? <laughs> what am I? What, what are we doing with this? You know, <laughs> uh, this this thing we're, we're getting used to this thing. Um, but no, I I love the way that you approach us. Like we've never been approached like that before mm-hmm. in any situation. That's why she got my attention too. And I literally just flew back from New York that day, and I remember opening my phone up, going, "Hmm," and it, just, it caught my attention. Oh, right? it caught my attention, and um, here we are. What a month later? Yeah. 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 Gotta do something different, right? Yeah, yeah, we're <laughs> loving it. But what you said was pretty cool because you complimented the podcast, number one, and then you uh, kind of talked about a connection that you felt with some of our guests when we talked about stories and everything because, again, this is an entrepreneur podcast, um, and our goal right now is to, you know, put some light, shed some light on a lot of the people we work with, a lot of our agents, a lot of entrepreneurs here in Salt Lake City, um, and you said you connected with some of it, and I was like, hey, I'd love to get her on one day and mm-hmm. kind of find out what she meant by that, you know? Well, yeah, you know, as far as you really got to, if you don't have a connection with that person, that mutual relationship just doesn't work out. I remember at the beginning I was trying to contact all these agents, all these agents. I was like, I have no connection with them. I was like, we just don't connect. Even though they're awesome at what they do, I'm awesome at what we do, but we just don't connect. And it's just you got to find your match. And so I I told you guys, like, you remind me of my other mentor, Daniel Nucart, who was Sales Remastered. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I want to get in that. I was like, I can feel you guys. So <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. The, 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 feel, the feeling was mutual, too. Like, him and I were talking about it as well, going, it just feels right. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, there's multiple agents out there <clears throat> that you can work with and multiple lenders, too. Uh, but being able to actually connect and and I feel good knowing that my clients are in good hands, too, because if, if, if we're able to connect, and I know that you're able to connect with them as well. Right. And hearing that, you know, um, that feedback from the clients and from the agents, too, it definitely shows that you are able, you know, you do. I care. You care. I truly care. care. I yeah. really do care. Yeah. So. And uh, we love the approach. And I want to go back to that because, again, we've never been, um, <laughs> and, again, I don't know if a lot of agents know about that kind of approach or even lenders um, who are looking to build relationships with agents and potentially start a business, uh, you know, relationship together. But just sending a video message, right, introducing yourself without ever, int- like, knowing or meeting the person. Like, how genius is that? 
right? Right. And I mean, I'm like, well, first of all, I think that takes some balls. Okay. <laughs> Not a lot of people mm-hmm. are comfortable talking into their phone, right? A lot of people still have an issue with that. Um, so just the whole approach, again, I want to commend you for that because if you didn't do that, we wouldn't be here. Right. right. Um, so yeah, good, good, good job. No, 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 right there. <laughs> Perfect. There we go. And to, right. to add on to that too, it's very similar to like, like a FaceTime too. You know, anytime I call anybody, even you or anybody in general, I FaceTime. A lot of people, they don't like it, but I feel like you're able to connect a lot better that right? face-to-face. Um, you can see what their surroundings, you can see what's going on, mm-hmm. you can feel yeah. them. So. Yeah, Alan will do that all the time, and I'm not in the position to answer, and he'll keep calling on FaceTime. <laughs> I cannot answer right now. You don't want to see what I'm doing. <laughs> no, no, no. There we go. <laughs> I'm going to get used to this. I'm going to get used to this. But uh, talk to us about you, right? Because, um, I mean, are you from here in Utah originally? Were you born and raised here? Are you from, are you a Utah girl? I sure am. My mom had a C-section. We'll start from birth. Just kidding. (laughs) No, born and raised in Utah. Never went anywhere. Um, Murray was my hometown. Um, When I was younger, I was very spontaneous. We'll just put it that way. Left the the coop really early. Um, And then I moved in with my brothers, moved in with a friend. And uh, when I was living with my brother, he's like, you need to get a job. I was like, oh, my God. You're like, okay. shit, a job? I was like, Damn. Oh. <laughs> so, um, there Wait, was, how old were you? I was in high school still. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I was, yeah, I was a rebel kid going, growing up and I just wanted to explore. I wanted to be an adult at an early age. And, um, so I decided I'm packing my bag and I'm going to go explore. And so, um, I moved in with my brother and, uh, right on Fithill Drive, there was this mortgage company. And he's like, they're hiring customer service reps. I was like, okay, well, go put an application. And that's how I started my mortgage journey and uh, customer service. You've been in the industry that long? Since high school. Yep. Wow. I used to ride my scooter, get on the bus, and then, you know, go, you know. Which which work. company was it? At the time, it was called iFreedom Direct. I remember mm-hmm. them. I remember yep. them. I know actually quite a few people that... Used to actually work there back then. Mm-hmm. That was a spot. I feel like back then. I feel like everybody I knew used to work there. Yeah, it was it was huge. It's a call center, and you know, as far as we helped all FHA, VA, you know, as far as purchase and refi. Yeah, yeah. I Freedom Direct. Mm-hmm. Are they still around? Mm, no, they they've migrated. They changed names over time, and all know. the lawsuits. No, just kidding. <laughs> no, <I don't> know. <laughs> no, they're still around. <laughs> But yeah, that's, that's how, cool. That's, that's how cool. I started in um, call center, then went to a loan officer assistant and then did processing and uh, decided to become a loan officer. And then I decided to go in the broker world. And that's where I am. Yeah. 14 so years later. You have a ton of experience. And I do I do want you on the podcast for that so we can, um, you know, give some people who are either looking into getting a mortgage, getting a, you know, we can pre-qualified or getting a house or refinancing all that stuff. Obviously you want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. And I do want to get into your expertise because you've been doing it 14 years, right? You have a lot of expertise, but before we do that, I want to find out more about you. Okay. And I'm going back to the first initial intro because it did leave an impression on us. Number one, where the hell does your hustle come from? Because you as a, as a, as a lender, right. And we've worked with plenty of lenders. You're, the way you approach building the relationship with both your clients and the agents is unlike anything we've ever seen before, right? And so 
talk to me about that. I mean, where does the hustle come from? I know you have a family to support. Yeah. Right? And, and I honestly think it's, it's a mixture of everything. So before I even became a loan officer, I sang country music. And so I did gigs in, in Wendover and casinos. And so we would travel different. So entertainment. Was, you were a singer? Yes. I was oh, a singer. my gosh. Really? Look yep. at that. No, no. <laughs> 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 so, um, you know, when I was young, I traveled to, to Japan, stayed there for a month. Um, so it's just entertainment was in my blood from the beginning. And um, so as far as speaking and stage performance, you critique yourself and you just get better and better. So I feel like it has a little bit to do with that, um, not being shy. But coming from a call, call environment, all you have to do is sit in a cubicle and you get a lead. Here, I had to relearn everything. It's a, it's a different type of, of relationship to build. So I had really awesome mentors that taught me about um, marketing, that taught me how to engage with clients, who taught me how to not sound like an average salesperson, really connect on an intellectual, spiritual, whatever level that client is. You just learn to adapt and and really feel for them and really understand because at the end of the day, they're making the, the payment. And if they feel comfortable with you for their payment, it's just going to make it, you know, an easy yeah. transaction. Over. So, so you really love the whole experience from taking somebody who doesn't know anything about getting qualified for a loan or buying a house. And I do. I sure so do. So you feel like that drives you and that motivates you? Yeah. I, yeah. it's a, it's kind of weird. That's my high. <laughs> and yeah. so, um, you know, even I had a lead where, you know, it was their birthday. I sang them a happy birthday. Like who, just those little different things that you make it a unique experience for them that they're not just going to be like, this is Joe. Yeah. Do you want a loan? You know? <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. So what brought you to, um, again, what, what brought you into doing what you do now? Because you, you didn't start as a, as a lender, as a loan officer. I mean, talk to me about some of the, the learning lessons. Talk to me about some of the things that got you to want to be in the position you're in now because you started in the call center. You weren't a loan officer when you're in the call center, right? Honestly, I'm one of those people. Okay, I did this. What can I do now? And then always making that next year. So as a customer service, I was like, oh, loan officer assistants are making more. I'm going to go do that. And then when you became a loan officer assistant, I was like, oh, processing made more than that. I was like, okay, I'm going to go over there. Uh, and then after processing, I was like, oh, loan officers make more. I'm going to jump over there. So it's yeah. always trying to climb that ladder because I'm just always trying to climb. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, let's talk about you a little bit more, right? And I know that, uh, you know, everybody here has a, um, <laughs> I don't want to say a shaky past right, at all. Um, but, you know, we all grew up and we were kids at one point, right? Yeah. Um, and you and I have talked about some of the stuff kids do when they're kids. And, and I really like that because, you know, we, that we connect on a more human level and not just a professional level, right? right. Um, well, no, to add on to that too, though, like <clears throat> too many people, especially in the corporate world and, you know, where we're at, everybody puts on a show like they're Mr. Miss Perfect at the end of the day. And you and I both know nobody's perfect. You know what I mean? Like none of us came from, you know, I feel like a lot of us came from from humble beginnings. We didn't without anything. And we had to, you know, we have a, we had a chip on our shoulder that we had a point to prove. Um, but I feel like a lot of people just put on a show and I feel like if you have to just be you. And if you've been through hell and back when you're younger, cool. Then, Hey, yeah. you overcame that. That, that. Will build you. It made you who it you, you are today. Yeah. So 
That's the and way, that's I, I the way think I it's important it. to, to, to share those things. You know, I'm not somebody who shies away from my past and the things that I've done and the things that uh, I've, I've learned from and the mistakes that I've made to get me here. I'm not at all. You know, if you ask me, hey, what did you do 10 years ago? I'll, I'll talk to you about it in full detail and I'll tell you what I learned from that. You know, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's a good place to, uh, number one, inspire people, right, um, who might be in that same position or situation who are looking to better themselves in their lives. That's one of the reasons why we love to do the podcast, you know. And, you know, you shared with me earlier today, you said, hey, um, you know, I did leave my house when I was pretty young. You know, I mean, like. I'm curious to know how young. I mean, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I made my mom cry. And even to this day, I was like, if I could reverse time and not make my mom cry, I would totally not left so early. But, um, yeah, so growing up, my mom was a teacher. My, My dad didn't work. And so out of a teacher's income, she just really strived to support us. But. Going back to where I left, that was in in junior or in high school, my senior year, mm-hmm. and so I moved in with my girlfriend because her her uh, her dad was a truck driver, so she was never home. So I was like, "Oh, we're you know living the life. Yeah. We're we're almost adults, but we're not." And so, um, as far as humble beginnings, I you know we my mom she went from we went to apartment to apartment to apartment because. She always put my career first. She's like, I want you to do dancing. I want you to do singing. I want you to do voice lessons. So she always put me first before rent. And so <clears throat> we just went to apartment, apartment, apartment. She invested a lot into you. Yeah. Yeah. You her. did share with me that you were a dancer at one point. Oh, we went. Not an, <laughs> dancing, not an, dancing, not an erotic, singing. Not an erotic <laughs> dancer. Let me just clear no. that up for everybody listening and watching. <laughs> Not an erotic dancer, but you were in entertainment. Yeah. You, know, you were and on stage. You and know, as far as NASCAR, going to Japan for a month, is singing and dancing and entertaining. So yeah. that was fun. Dude, that's that'll, pretty cool. That would be awesome. Yeah. That would right? be awesome. Yeah. Uh, in uh, Japan? Come on And that, that was in elementary school. So we started touring and, and performing a different stuff in elementary. So. Yeah. I think Alan could be a good dancer. What do you think? I think we need to see. <laughs> you don't want to see that. Actually, I used to. Actually, I was talking about it the other day. Yeah. Well, it was. It's a f- full core. So awesome. in Bosnia, you have the full core, the old yes. traditional dance. When I was like in elementary, we actually used to do that quite a bit. I hated it. <laughs> hated it though. Yeah. But Alan, how do you make your girlfriend feel when uh, when you dance? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> So funny. Little kids, really? if you're watching, this is a time. Just little, really? little kids don't watch this. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, that's uh, really good. No, but I mean, let, let's go back to, you know, that situation because you, w- w- did you have a clear path when you were kind of going through the entertainment thing? I'm assuming your goal wasn't to be a lender. It was probably to be in entertainment. I wanted be a to singer, be a country singer. A country singer. Yeah, of all things, country was the genre that you, you yep, chose. And traditional country, not just like your pop country. It was traditional Patsy Cline, Loretta Lynn, all the all the glo- you know the great country stars back yeah, then. Yeah, you see Yodel. Don't ask me right now because I'm not gonna do it. But country was my thing. Yodeling. And, well, yeah, I love to yodel. Oh, uh, <coughs> you got a yodel for yep, us. Yeah, you got a yodel. You no, I yodel. am not. <laughs> <laughs> you have to yodel for us. We'll have ep- uh, episode two. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what did you wear when you sung on stage? Were you wearing like a big cowboy hat, boots, big belt buckle? What were you doing? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I was little, I did have like the little red dress with the fringe and uh, all the sequins with the white cowboy hat. Like, you know, that was me as a, as a little kid. But later on, it's just 
I don't know, your concho belt, your, I don't know. I, didn't, uh, I never thought it was a country attire. And you don't wear a hat. Well, I don't wear a hat, but you could. But it's it's all about the voice. It's about yeah. making you feel the yeah. song. Yeah. And so. Yeah. And, and, and again, I know we're like kind of going all over the place with, with this thing. But I'm trying to, right now, when we were speaking, I'm trying to look for that um that 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 place and you did hit on it a little bit you know and i can see you kind of got emotional about it and that was about your mom being you know that she was a provider for the family mm-hmm. and you know she was doing what she could but didn't sound like she was stable because you're moving from place to place and maybe that is some we always ma- had stuff in boxes yeah. i never had sleepovers and um because we always lived in boxes we always yeah. went one place to the other and it was just maybe that's why you're so passionate about helping people find a house Oh, that's I never thought about it, it that yeah. way. That's probably what it <laughs> is. I think we found out. Yeah. That's cool. That's good. You're very passion driven, right? Mm-hmm. And you have a, a strong why. You know, mm-hmm. that's probably why. You probably don't want people to go through the same shit. You know? Well the thing is the other part too is some people they just need the help. They need the they need the push. They need to know that this goal is actually attainable. And maybe it takes someone who coaches them or who like cheerleads them on because it is a big you know, next step in life. And so sometimes they just need that extra cheerleader, you yeah. know, to cheer them on to get there. Yeah. Somebody to kind of hold their hand. To believe in to them. To, them, to believe to in them, yeah. Believe in them is huge. Yeah. <laughs> believing that a lot of people don't don't know that they can qualify. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm one of them because of my past. You know, I was always an entrepreneur, but I was constantly switching focus. I was trying to avoid paying taxes. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand the power of that, right? I was always operating from... I'm making what I can, growing my company and trying to avoid showing any profits. That way I wasn't didn't have to. And then <laughs> when it came down to getting a loan, I'm like, oh, shit, I have to show some income, right? right? <laughs> and I think a lot of entrepreneurs, they, they don't really understand that. They're not really educated financially when it comes to getting a loan. And, and the thing is that tax person, whoever does their taxes, they don't tell them. They're like, oh, if you claim this much, that's going to stop you from getting to a home because that's not their profession. And so once you speak to a mortgage advisor, <clears throat> even before filing taxes, then you know... You know, this is the stuff an uh, underwriter looks, you know, so that they can know for the next year what to do, what to do differently so that they can achieve homeownership. Yeah, so. yeah. so um, right now in the current state where the market's at today, we have a lot of people who are, um, there's like that FOMO mentality. You know, mm-hmm. we talked about it with Matt on the other podcast, like the fear of missing out and people are um, overspending on properties. Um, you've been in the industry a very long time, right? You were in the industry even when the market crashed mm-hmm. in 2008. 14 years. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So what was it like back then? Maybe we can get an, uh, uh, some insight on what you think currently is going on right now from a, a lender's perspective, because we get it from agents, we get it from investors, right? And they're, mm-hmm. they're always all over the place. A lot of the agents, they're more optimistic, right? Because they want to continue to ride this wave and, and make some money and get some deals. And then there's uh, the investors who are like, hey, you know, be careful, um, it's going to crash, look out for opportunities. People always talk like that. But from a lender's perspective, we never really got that. And so since you have the experience that you've been in this so long, I mean, what do you feel like is going on right now? Um, do you see a bubble bursting anytime soon? Do you think it's uh, further out? Um, I mean, how do you feel right now about the current state that we're in in real estate? So even back then, I was never slow. And so as far as figuring out the best time to buy, I was always constantly busy because as far as the network you just got to shift with the network. You got to, you know, become the chameleon and adapt to the change. Um, as far as right now, you know, people, the, the biggest concerns that you hear, well, the value, the, the home values are so high, I can't afford it. 
But then interest rates are doing so awesome. So it's kind of like a teeter totter. Mm-hmm. If you would have, if you would have bought that same house last year, your payment would have been higher because your interest rate were higher. Mm-hmm. So it's all in the brain and it's all, but once you show them the graphs of what the same house, what you could buy it now versus what you could have bought it for last year and do a comparison, then you're like, oh, I'm actually am getting a better deal, even though that the home is worth 30000 more now versus last year. And it's all about showing them because I'm more of a visual person. Don't, don't just sell me, show me. Show me the difference between payment now versus payment before. Yeah. And then once you show them, they're like, oh, that makes sense. That's, you know, rates are doing so great, even though that the value is thirty, forty thousand more, you're actually getting a really good payment on it. Yeah. So, so when 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 the shit hit the fan in a way, you didn't really feel an effect from that? No, not really? at all. No, I and again it's part of the hustle. Like I'm always, always on the phone. I'm always like I wake up at five, I go to bed at eleven, and that was just my constant you know, my drive. Yeah. Yeah. So knowing what you know right now, I mean, um, what are the differences in the lending programs? Cause back then, I mean, it, it wasn't a lot of, because the lending programs were a little too, they didn't really check as much. There wasn't a lot of verified, uh, income that was going on and people were getting these liar loans. Um, I mean, what is the difference now? Because I feel like when I talk to agents who are educated somewhat on lending, that's what they use. They say, well, the people who were getting qualified back in the day during around this time when there was a big bubble, um, they weren't really qualified. And so when it came time to make the payments, they weren't able to. Right now, the lending guidelines are a lot different. They right? are tougher depending yeah. on the program. Um, as far as documents back then, it's not as many documents that we collect now. And so now it's just a really, really, you know, collecting um, all the documents up front. Try talking to Michael. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and just really trying to fill in all the gaps of all the what ifs, all like, I feel like now. Sometimes it's good to over-document um, just so in case later on you have everything, you know, covered for all the what-ifs or what if this comes up or, you know, the more documented, the better the file goes through underwriting. Which so. honestly is a good thing when you think about it. <clears throat> that way, you know, it protects you as the lender along with, you know, you as the borrower as well. That way you're not, you know, overextending yourself and buying a home that you shouldn't really, you shouldn't and, and get. That's, and that's the other part too. I don't pre-approve to a max amount. Like I'll, I'll ask a client, what are you paying for rent? And then what feels comfortable as your mortgage payment? Are you feeling more comfortable to pay $300 more a month? Once I know their comfort level, then I'm going to tell them, okay, this is a price range to stay under so that you can achieve your comfort zone of your payment. And so, so many lenders out there will always max approve, max approve. I want them to be happy with the payment first before they're happy with the house. Well, it's super smart. You don't want them defaulting and then they lose their dream home. Yeah, and even later uh, on, you don't want them to be stressed out. You want them to think about this awesome experience and even afterwards that they love this home. They're not dreading every month to make the payment. Yeah, so. I mean, that that's part of the education process that I feel like if you're a great, and I'm not calling you a salesperson, but you are in a sense, like you have to, as a, as a salesperson, you have to educate, you know, the client, the borrower, the buyer, the seller. Um, all the way through, you know, to the end. And that's right. a cool thing that you say that you don't approve them to the max amount or you will, but you won't. I'll you tell know. them, yeah. like, I'll tell them, you know, this is what you're max at and this is your comfort zone. Anything below that price, obviously, that's where you're going to feel comfortable. But they'll always know the max and they'll always know the comfort. Yeah. So at the end of the day, they know. 
Yeah. So right now, um, with lending, with everything that's going on, um, do you feel uh, like there's a difference right now with how busy you are versus how busy you were in 08? Is it kind of the same thing? Uh, I am always busy. <laughs> so yeah. as far as busy, um, well, the the prior, talking a little bit of where I came from, I came from a call center. Uh, we only did government loans. Now I'm in the broker world where before I was fed leads, now I go find leads. And so as far as it's a different, it's a different type of busy. Okay. Um, and as far as hours, they're both time consuming. Um, you're always spending, it's not an eight hour job. It's a 24 seven job. You know, you're always on call. You're always available. You always have your backpack with you, with your, you know, your tablet. It's just a way of life now. Yeah. And so. So going back to your hustle and the way you've been promoting and marketing yourself, right. As a lender, um, what do you feel like has been the most beneficial for you? That way we can try to maybe educate some other lenders out there, people who are getting into the industry and they're in the, the, the business model you're in where they're not fed leads, right? They have to literally go and find them and build a business. Um, for you as a loan officer, that's keeping you very busy. Mm-hmm. What is it? I mean, is it your approach, the way that you kind of showed us what you're it's, doing? Is, is It's video content, um, you know, Facebook ads. Everyone's like, oh, don't do Facebook ads. Honestly, that's how I met so many awesome people. Um, if you have a video that's worth watching, a lot of videos, they have to be under one minute or else you lose the interest of the client because how many times do you like actually listen to the whole video? They have to be short, sweet, either funny, either very knowledgeable, you know, it has to be something drawing their attention. So video content's huge. I've met a, a lot of our clients through video. Um, and it's also just chatting with the people on Facebook. It's chatting, joining groups. Engaging. Yeah. Commenting on their stuff. Sharing their stuff. You know, if they got a picture of their family and kids. Oh, you know, just... Making them feel connected. That's what she does, huh? <laughs> that personal touch. <laughs> that, that personal touch. And Ellen and I were joking at the first one. Yeah. Like, she's a stalker. This lady's like, oh my God. knows everything about, <laughs> about, about the agents, about their lives, about their family. But you, you're educating yourself on the person so you can communicate and connect with them better, more, more effectively, which is awesome. Yeah. And you really got to pay attention. It's not yeah. just, oh, I like them. It's like really understanding them. And yeah. so um, I think that's huge. And, you know, even joining Facebook groups that you probably wouldn't have joined, but you're out there engaging, you're out there leaving comments because people see when you leave a comment for someone. And then even when you do, when you, when you post a comment, the people that you like their stuff, they're going to comment on your stuff now, or they're going to actually pay attention to you because they know you because you made a few seconds out of your time to make their day. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so, uh, Alan, yo, uh, what's your experience been like with other lenders in the past? We've had a few that we were just, just let you know. We've had a few we work with. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like just not having that personal touch. Um, it's none than the number one thing in my honest opinion. Um, or just nine to five, you know, right, right. When you mentioned you're always on the go. Yeah. Us too. We're always, always on the go. Um, too many people just have that nine to five mentality where it's like, Hey, 5 PM, I got a clock out. I'm going home to my family and everything. Cool. Do that. That's real estate doesn't care about that. Yeah. Real estate doesn't sleep. <laughs> no. Lending doesn't sleep. And if your clients want to get that home, like we got to be there. Um, so having a lender that's there for you at any hour, any, any day, any time at all, um, it goes a long way. Um, right. Yeah. I'm not 
putting down anybody at the end of the day. You know, everybody has their own schedule, how, how, how they work. Um, but I feel like in order to get to that next level and to go above and beyond, um, you have to do that. You have to commit. And I, and I think, you know, as far as even be creative for the offer too, because a lot of times you'll get a pre-qualification, pre-approval letter, but it's not for a property, is not designated for that particular offer because agents have to get creative, you know, as far as getting an accepted offer. Lenders also on board too. And so we get creative together and sometimes, you know, property comes over the weekend. Well, we brainstorm as a team to get that offer accepted. And so it takes a team to, to make that happen. Yeah, and you guys have a really large team over there, a lot, a lot of people. and we, we love all of them. Um, you know, the, the one thing I will say about you, though, and we don't have a very long relationship right now when it comes to our business, but everything that we've seen so far, um, one of the benefits with having you on the team is I feel like with the lenders who do work with certain teams is they're – I don't want to say it's a one-sided relationship, but in a way it is, right? Because they're just waiting for the the team to send over leads and to send over uh, people who want to get pre-approved, right? Um, But what you've been doing, and even before we started this relationship, is you were sending us leads. Mm -hmm. And I'm like... I had to get your attention somehow. So I was like, okay, I sent them a video. They haven't really responded. What can I do now to get your attention? So it's always plan of attack. I was yeah. like, what can I do now? I was like, what can I do something different to get their attention? And and that just goes with anybody, you know, as far as, um, okay, this didn't work out. What can I do now to try to create that engagement? And so. Which I feel like is the way that it should be, mm-hmm. you know, like we should all be there to help each other out. You know, too many people have to get caught up in that one-sided, you know, relationship, I guess, mm-hmm. where it's like, hey, I'm constantly feeding you, feeding you, feeding you. All right. Well, if you have any, any deals and they don't have an agent, then where are those deals going? Um, so I feel like having that respect, you know, it goes back and forth. Right. Feed each other. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it totally does. And and the agents love it. The agents on the team, they love it. And I'm sure with other people you work with in the past, you know, I'm sure they, they love that as well because that's pretty big. You know, yeah. these, the, these, these leads that we get as real estate agents, they're not cheap. Mm-hmm. You know, they are very, very expensive. And I feel like a lot of people don't understand that. And right. so when they're given one that's just handed in their lap, that's like, gift wrapped it's it's pretty crazy mm-hmm. you know it's I, I had pretty one, crazy one mentor told me he's like every lead is a dollar here's a dollar can you what can you do with this lead if i gave you a dollar if you can convert that lead here's a hundred bucks and really it you got to think that way as like you got to give it your all if you're not going to give it your all then someone's going to give it their all yeah. you're going to miss that opportunity the leads now are way more than a dollar just so you know oh, i meant a hundred dollars did i say a dollar yeah they're very oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> they're very I meant expensive. hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're super pricey. Um, no, but but that's cool because again, we work with lots of lenders in the past, and and again, we're not putting anybody down. We mm-hmm. we loved all of them. Everybody had their unique qualities that made us really really love them and um, really appreciated everything that that they brought. Yeah. Um, but when we're talking about the whole package, I mean, that's something that we haven't really seen too much in the past. Is like you're giving an equal amount back to the agents, and you're helping them, and you're feeding them, and. And, and that's really, really cool because to me, that's the highest level of gratitude. Like you are so grateful for the agents to be referring you. It's mm-hmm. like you're giving it back. You know, it's at, reciprocating. At the end of the day, we're both hustlers <clears throat> and we both have the end goal. We're both hungry and, um, you know, just feed off of each other. I'm, uh, I'm really a good, I feed off of other vibes. If they're excited, I'm excited. You know, just, you know, back and forth. So, yeah. so right now with lending and loans and covid Right. That was kind of strange because it kicked out a lot of programs for a minute. And 
Um, a lot of them are coming back. I mean, do you feel like the 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 as far as the lending goes, that it's recovering really good right now, and they're starting to loosen up the guidelines? So yeah, it has actually loosened up. So prior to COVID, we were like at a 580 FICO score at the minimum. Then COVID came. Then we were like 660, and then now we're back to 600 on some programs. And so you really just got to learn how to adapt and know you know, as far as what market to go to now that we're at a higher or, you know, programs are changing. Okay. These programs are getting, you know, they're not as affected. So let's oh. focus our time on these type of programs. And so it's just always moving, moving with the market and, you know, changing your approach and okay, your credit's not here, but let's go ahead and implement a credit repair. You know, let's get you a game plan within the next three months to get to a six 660 but you're still taking in the leads you're still creating that you know that bond with them to help them so just always learning to adapt yeah so so right now with you guys like if we had clients that we sent over to you guys and let's say they they were 10 20 30 points 50 points away from being able to approve for that certain program let's say it was a 660 or something Mm -hmm. um you guys do offer uh a certain type of credit repair for free yeah it's free free 99 see just kidding wow wow (laughs) no 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 (laughs) (laughs) Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool because yeah. not a lot of people do that we've we've worked with lenders in the past where we've sent them leads and they've talked to clients and the, and the clients are like hey we're you know we're, we're working on this and we have a couple collections that we got to pay off or some credit cards that we got to pay off and i feel like a lot of the times the lenders just kind of push those people aside and they, they give up right there they're cherry picking some deals. Yeah, they cherry pick it and they go yeah i don't want to waste my time they're below you know 600 or whatever it might be and they don't want to put the time or effort into it um whereas i feel like you know, you on the other hand, on the other hand, you're like, hey, let's see what we can do to get your credit up there. That way, we can get you to qualify. I am your cheerleader, no matter low FICO, mid FICO, above FICO. I am your cheerleader to get there. And um, as far as Fairway, they have this really cool program where they do credit repair and they mentor them. I mean, they they help them month to month. You know, get to their end goal. And so, as far as any credit challenges will tell you exactly what it takes to get you to the finish line. Yeah, that's cool. We're, we're going to be cleaning up some of our, you know, older um, leads from the past and going through some of the ones that were, you know, they weren't approved. They were turned down by the lenders for whatever reason and, you know, send them over and see if we can help these people out because they're still right. out there. And you know? and so many times you talk to clients where a lender ghosts them because of credit or they, they get, I don't know, they just get mistreated. Everyone's human. Everyone needs help. And yeah. so, you know, we're always here to help. Yeah. And I mean, as, as humans, we get discouraged very easily. I feel like, I mean, not me. I'm just <laughs> maybe not Alan. Right? Yeah. Uh, maybe not a, a strong entrepreneur. I'm just speaking facts right now because it's, it really is true. You know, discouraging entrepreneur is very, very difficult, mm-hmm. you know, um, but I'm just I'm talking about the every, everyday buyer, you know, someone who's only been working just over two years and they haven't made enough money and they don't really have a game plan when it comes to being able to qualify, especially right now when the home prices are so fucking high. It's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous, right? I'm right. seeing properties that were going for, you know, 275 last year. They're going for 375 and it's like, what? Yeah. What the hell is going yeah. on, right? Those so it's bidding like, wars are, are pretty crazy. Oh, they're insane. Yeah. Everything's yeah. going for like 50 to 100 grand higher. Yeah. Or and getting, I've, I've seen, you know, 90, 90 offers on a home hearing, 20 easily. So you're competing with not just five, not just three, you know, 20, 30, 40, you yeah, know, yeah. other people. I feel like in every other scenario, that's literally the case. But I just had one happen yesterday where I actually got it for lower. Wow. 
all year. It was it was a, it was a higher higher price point. It was a higher There's price not a lot point. of buyers in that price. <laughs> yeah, point. Let's but be still, <laughs> we, I got it down 130 grand though. So it worked out pretty good. You know, the home was over a million dollars, but still getting to come down though, even though you have a smaller pool of buyers and you know that price point to get them to come down. Pretty huge. difficult still. That's huge. Especially right now. So I'm pretty proud of that one. Yeah, yeah I am too. That's a, <laughs> that's a big deal. Let's go. Hey, oh, here we go. Here we go. I got it at time. I got it time. I got it at time. Yeah. But you don't hear about that very often anymore. Before no, that don't. was the norm. No. It was like, what do you mean you paid full price? You should have paid twenty or 30000 less. Like, are you not a good mm-hmm. agent? But now it's twenty, thirty thousand 30000 over. No closing costs. No appraisal. No inspection. No, no right. nothing. No contingency. Right. You got to have a higher deposit. <laughs> Yeah. Or else you're not going to even make a, you know, any moves with them. Yeah. So for those people who are not really educated on the process, mostly first time home buyers, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, they're being extremely discouraged right now from purchasing, mm-hmm. you know, because of that, that situation where they're looking at the market and there's a low inventory and then the house prices are over. I mean, they're insane right now. They're, they're way over what they should be. And so those people are extremely, extremely discouraged from purchasing, so, so, I but mean, then again, here to go back into that as well, actually your comment about the rates, like right now they're in the, what, the mid twos roughly, give or take. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's say a year or two ago, they were at four and a half, you know, you're looking at a difference of at least what, 60, 70 grand worth of buying power, I'm guessing yeah. right around there. So if, even if you're buying a home at 300 versus 370, 380, your payment is pretty much the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So even though you're paying a little bit more price for the home right now, with how low the rate is, you're still getting a good deal though. Yeah. Right? And that's what I'm talking about, the education, right? Because what you just said, not a lot of people know about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And what you're talking about, people don't really know about that, right? I remember when I bought my house, it was like a point higher. And I was like, oh my gosh, now the home's worth more, but the rates are lower. So it kinda like it teeter totters yep. itself. Wow. And so sometimes it's either is the same payment or sometimes it is a little lower, a little higher, just depends on on each you know, property yeah. itself. So. so that is why it's extremely important to, number one, speak to the lender first, mm-hmm. you know, even before you talk to the agent, because they should not be discouraged about the price of the home. They and should be really worried about the rate. And right now the rates are low. And and the, what's crazy is that the market's increasing, rent's also increasing. So, so many times, you know, one of the questions, how much are you paying in rent? I was like, that amount can pay for a home and I'll show you. And so it's just a matter of, just showing them education. Yeah. Yep. And I feel like you, you hear that so much. People are literally paying the same amount for rent than they would for, for their own home, mm-hmm. which is insane. Yeah. And having somebody there to actually educate them and go, Hey, just so you know, you can get a home for the exact same payment. You actually own it. Mm-hmm. And even if you don't have the money to put down for it, there's programs, there's programs for it. So yeah. It's a no brainer decision. Yep. And a lot of people think they need like 20% down. They need like X amount down. It's like, there's programs out there that will allow you to get in a home without any money down. And it just, you know, it just takes that initial call well, to find I feel out. Like I, I still hear that till this day. You know, people think that they need 20% down. Mm-hmm. I'm like, actually, no, you don't. What? I don't? I'm like, yeah. and I'm like, I, you know, we, we always, we do this on a, on, a, on a daily basis though. So we're used to, you know, like, hey, whatever, I feel like whatever I know, I usually think the other, other person will know too. Um, but they're not educated on that. Yeah. And somebody has to be there to guide them and mm-hmm. show them that, hey, I can you can show qualify. You the way. I'll show you the way. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong one. It should have been the other one. I'll, I'll, I'll get used to these buttons right here. Um, but no, I mean, that's cool because, again, the one thing that made it uh, you, the clear difference, mm-hmm. right, for a lot of the people that work with in the past, as far as lenders go, is that ability for you to connect with the buyer, with the agent, and, and offer that education that I feel like not a lender a lot of lenders are doing. And like you said, 
you know, we do this on a daily basis. It's easy for us to forget um, that the other person might not know these mm-hmm. simple things, right? Like, again, going back to the whole rate thing, and yeah. like increase, like mm-hmm. it'll level out. People still really don't understand that, especially when they're first time home buyer. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So right now, what you're doing is you are LO, mm-hmm. right? Broker, yeah. You're, you're, Same thing. Okay, <laughs> loan officer, broker, right, right. Marketing extraordinaire. <laughs> Marketing extraordinaire. I don't know right? how I got that title, but I guess over <laughs> you got, time. You got that title. You got that title. Alan and I have always thought Facebook leads were an absolute joke, uh-huh. right? And you're handing us Facebook leads that are solid. And I'm like, what the hell is she doing to get these Facebook leads to convert? It's a face. It's got to be. It's got to be. Well, she got our attention. Yeah, it's got to be. But but no, I mean, that's really cool. And again, I want to talk to that, you know, the marketing thing, because, you know, we are speaking to a lot of uh, entrepreneurs out there who their number one business is if they're a loan officer, it's getting leads. If it's an agent, it's getting leads. And marketing is the number one thing they have to do. And you're doing exactly what it is you're supposed to be doing. So share with me a little bit about your strategy when you're doing this. Video, I keep saying, send videos, do video content, do you know, as far as even what I'm doing with the team right now, we're doing, you know, under one minute commercials about something that they have a passion about. We've done a we done a video on DACA. We did one on, you know, myth versus fact on first time home buyers. We did funny ones um, as far as just to, you know, not sound like the average Joe salesperson. And it's all video content. Um, one of your agents last week said she shared one of the videos we made and she got a lead off of it. And it, she wasn't even in the video, but she shared the content and she got a lead off of it. Uh, so and, and that works. It doesn't cost anything, mm-mm. you know, and, and you're you're very proficient when it comes to videography. I think that a lot of people who, again, professionals, loan officers, agents who are in the business, you know, they feel like they're it's not their job to learn those skills. It really is their responsibility if they want to compete. And, 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 and be successful in this industry. They are an entrepreneur. They are a salesperson and you have to wear a lot of hats. And when I see you come in here, um, you know, with your video production stuff, like you come in here with a full on video production, like the lighting and the, the backdrop. And I mean, you, you Amazon you, baby. Yeah, it, but it's true. I mean, you're bringing a whole setup, you know what yeah. I mean? And so you can tell that you're the kind of person who really invests in learning new skills, right? And then utilizing and executing on those the skills that you learned and using them for your business. And then again, when we're speaking to entrepreneurs and salespeople um, who are just waiting around for deals to fall in their lap, like you got to do more than just talk about the rates, call your friends and family. Or you know. ask an agent if they want to go for coffee. Oh, oh my God. My God. <laughs> I knew that was going to get you. Every <laughs> single one. Or for like lunch. You know, when I first started in real estate and I was getting those bombarded with those things, Alan was like, okay, number one rule, don't ever waste your fucking time going to coffee or lunch with anybody. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? He's so right. What a waste of time that is. You yeah. know, what? A wa- how, how is that adding any value? You know, I had a call with, uh, with uh, a lender, you know, a while ago. And when I talked to him, you know, they were saying the same exact thing every other lender says. And they were so... Um, they were so con- they, they were so confident that what they were saying I never heard before, right. and I was like, "Can I just end this fucking phone call right now?" Like because it was the same thing, and they're like, "I'm telling you, I know you've never heard this before. We will pre-approve them, not pre-qualify them." I'm like, oh, I still remember my first video to you guys. I was like, you will remember who I am. And that was like on the one of the first calls. I was like, oh, my gosh. And we, got, and we never replied. <laughs> no. We never replied to the video. I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, I was trying to be different. I was trying to be funny. And I was like, that didn't work. I was like, okay. <laughs> I don't know. Like, what do we do? <laughs> yeah. Just whatever. That's another lender. I was like, okay. 
let's try again. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. because we're so used to hearing the same shit from every <laughs> other lender, title company, et cetera. They just want your business. They want this. They want that. <clears throat> but they're not offering any value. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like you want to take me out to coffee or lunch. Great. I don't, I have my own coffee in the fridge. I got my own food right there. We're good. I don't want to waste any time. Well, I already know you we're guys gonna, are already busy. Yeah. Like so, we don't have time to go waste an hour and talk about how good you are as a lender, how, no, what you're going to do. You have a kid. Are you married? Yeah, you know, yeah, it's all pointless bullshit banter. Doesn't yeah. make any sense. You know, it doesn't help us. Right. What helps us is, Hey, give us some deals and we'll see how you work. Yeah. Right. Get, get to the point. Like yeah. don't waste any time. Too many people get caught up in just being around the bush. Like shit. Like get to the point. Are we going to work together or not? Can can you close the deal or not? Are you looking for a home? Yeah, perfect. Let's go look. I don't want to beat around the bush. Right. Straight and forward. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, You do add a lot of value, though. And I'll tell you why. Because you talked about one of your mentors, Daniel. Nikar was sales remastered. Yeah, yeah. I jumped in on this call right now. Just (laughs) to get the viewers up. They were doing a call on scripting, right? And like different scripts and stuff like that. And I feel like that's really important for uh, agents, salespeople in general to know their script and know their call flow and, and really have that uh, uh, that effective communication with people so they're and not sound wasting different, time. And sound yeah. different, not just like your average salesperson. Like yeah. there's there's an art to everything. And once you master that art, it's just, you know, sky's the limit. Yeah. So where you're at right now, um, the majority of your business that you are getting, is it in the office, sitting behind the desk, or is it really, it really is what you're doing here, just going out and talking to people and building relationships? And is that how you're building your, your business right now? Facebook posts engagement on Facebook comments and also actually taking the time to get to know your your colleagues like um, you know spending time with them going with them on an adventure um, and just really knowing them outside of work and just knowing you know as far as their family their kids and just really just trying to you know know them that's why I was like when you were like oh I'm here it's like yeah I already know that you were <laughs> you landed at the airport <laughs> Yeah. I know that was stalkerish, <laughs> but this was at the time that I was trying to really know you guys. Yeah. And it's like, it's my job to know you because once I know you, then I know how to interact with you guys. So yeah. it's really, really important. So true. Yeah. Really, really important. Yeah. yeah. So uh, uh, we're super happy that we're, you know, you're working with a team and, you, and you're, you know, you're offering so much value, you know, with what you do um, for both the clients and also the agents. Uh, I do want to talk a little bit more about you outside of lending, right? Um, I mean, what's it like being, are, are, are you the sole provider in the household no. right now? Your husband's a hardworking man. He's killing it. And So uh, I actually married my husband right after, after high school, the summer after high school. <clears throat> so we've been married since then. And uh, he works in construction. I've always been in the mortgage field. And um, before I had my son, we had two others. My nephew, he was, we were raising him right after high school and he was, taller than me he was in junior high and going to high school then we had my my niece and then we had his cousin so we always had an older child with us and then we finally had our own later on in life so he's he's six years old yeah what are are your interests what do you what do you like to do besides help customers get into homes (laughs) i don't have a life i really don't sunday is my only day that i really even have some sort of a life that's the right answer I was looking for. Yep. I was like, if she tells me she's knitting or some other bullshit activity, we're cutting this I relationship. I don't watch TV. <laughs> <laughs> yep, me neither. Sometimes I'll catch Netflix. Um, so sometimes late at night, I was like, okay, I got an hour before sleep. What can I watch? But Netflix is pretty much my only outlet, and that's only 10 to 11, you know, or like 9 to 10 or whatever, that little private time I can have. But 
I really don't have a life. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Sundays, my husband said, try. I just want one day of the week with you. Give me that. And so we try to work on Sundays. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we all deal with the same thing. We yep. work 24 seven. And I mean, right now it's, you know, after five, obviously, and we're doing this and that's cool because we're trying to add value and let mm-hmm. people know. I mean, uh, one of the things I did want to go over with you um, is, is some of the loan programs that you guys do offer for some of the people who are listening, who are thinking about buying or some of the agents who need some education on what you guys do um, over at Fairway. Um, you talked about before you were doing government loans, mm-hmm. right? Right now you're doing FHA. Are you guys we're doing everything? Yeah. One thing that I love about Fairway is that they offer so many programs for to cater to everyone. And so, um, as far as programs goes, they have, you know, we work really close with Utah housing. Utah housing is awesome because they cover your down payment and they also have a program that also covers your down and closing costs. You know, as far as credit, no matter what your credit score to get placed to those programs, so that's really awesome for first-time home buyers or even prior owners that have owned a home that just don't have the money. Right now, COVID, everyone's, you know, depleted their assets because, you know, being let go or furloughed or whatever. And so Utah Housing is really awesome that they can offer that with no money down or no money down and no, you know, covering your closing costs. Which and, is awesome. Yeah. Um, I want to make sure we <laughs> acknowledge that, like. <clears throat> you're able to get into a home without any money down, any money out of your own pocket mm-hmm. and your closing cost covered as well. Like that's huge. That's a no brainer right there. Yeah. And right now where it's such a seller's market, you're not agents are trying to get, they can't even get seller concessions right now on the most deals. Again, take for granted some of them they can, but where you're in a multiple bidding war, if a seller can see this buyer does, I mean, the seller doesn't have to cover their closing costs. And then one that they do, who do you think they're going to go with? Yep. So Utah Housing has really been awesome because they cover the down and the closing costs within, you know, in the loan terms. And so then you have your FHA, your standard one that has a slight down payment of 3.5. And then you have your conventional programs that have a first-time home buyer program that has a reduced down payment that outbeats FHA for 3% down. So it just depends, you know, as far as credit. If you have assets, if not, there's programs out there that will help you. So what you're saying is I don't need 20% down? No, no. I don't? You don't. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. <laughs> what about people who want to be an investor, right, who uh, they don't have any assets, you know, they don't have 20% down, um, but they're looking to purchase with an FHA loan. What kind of options do they have as far as buying? I mean, I've heard multi Unit properties are available. They can find them. I mean, there's other programs too. So even with investors, one of the biggest things are always like you have to have 15% plus down. There's also programs out there that you only have to do 5% down where they then have a second that covers more of your down to cover your first. I know that's kind of sounding like, oh my gosh, some people that kind of like, but they have lower down payment options for even investors. So as far as cash flow, if they don't have it, they don't have to do that big down payment. So. Mm. Super smart, mm-hmm. very smart. Lots of Ca- cash flow, meaning if they can get enough of the, for the rents, is that what you're talking about? Well, you can also count rent received as as generating income. Perfect. That's actually what I was going with that. Oh. <laughs> so perfect. When people are okay, good. So for example, if a person is renting out a property, um, how much of that are they able to you know claim when it comes down to their debt to income ratio? It just depends on the program and depends as far as but. Say, for instance, you're buying a home and there's already renters in there. Mm-hmm. You can count that income for your income to help with your debt-to-income ratios. So, Which is why I wanted to touch up on that. A lot of people don't know that. Because you know, a lot of people think that, hey, if I buy a home and my payment's $2,000 a month, I may have a hard time buying another property. As long as you can get a renter in there, 
you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, you can count 75% of that rental income. Mm -hmm. So if your payment's $2,000 a month and you're renting it out for, let's say 2,400 or whatever it might be, 75% of that, you're pretty much breaking even right there. You can go and buy another property. Yeah. Do the exact same thing over and over again. Yes. So as far as, you know, being, you know, starting with one house and getting to another and getting to another to offset all those mortgage expenses, you need a rental agreement. Mm -hmm. And there you go. Now you became an overnight investor. (laughs) And, and one of, one of the clients I spoke to earlier this week, she's like, um, they had a home and her mom had co-signed for her. She's been making the payments. Mom wants to go buy a home. She didn't know that if the daughter's been making the payments by herself for the last 12 months, they don't have to count that debt towards her because she's not making the payments. Even though she co-signed, they can document 12 months to offset that so that mom can go buy a home without having both mortgages hit her. Super smart. That ratio. Super smart. Super smart. And I'm happy that that you're hitting on that because Mm -hmm. that's something that my wife and I are interested in doing. And and I'm like, okay, well, you know, I have this property and then you, uh, we don't want to, even if we put you on, you know, I want to make sure that you're able to purchase your own, you mm-hmm. know. And even with people who get approached to co-sign, their their fear is like, oh, I'm not going to be able to get another home. But if they're not making the payments and the person you co-signed is for 12 months, they still can get a home and not count that other debt towards them. So, You know, one of the people we had on the podcast in the past, he used that to build his real estate empire. You know, he would, he would purchase a property. Um, he would refi, do little re- renovations, refi, pull the equity out rent it but instead of waiting to find a renter to get in there he would just have the uh, rental agreement signed by a family member and then they would pull it quickly get it rented you know and then move on and get another property he did all this in his own name he wasn't like you know this big llc or whatever you know and so super smart but there's a way for people who want to get into investing to Mm -hmm. do it that way using a regular mortgage or lender and not having to use hard money or come up with all the cash on their own Mm -hmm. Yeah. So do you work with people like that right now? Yeah, all the time. Uh, I had a call last week with one, you know, as far as the one I was talking about. And there was this one um, earlier this month. This girl was only 21 years old. She got her first investment property and her dad did a gift of equity for her to buy the home. So she could, you know, being 21, she as far as income wise, she couldn't done it without the gift of equity. But now she's now an owner and her dad's able to, you know, buy another home so as far as investing and her goal later on was just to be you know a landlord and so that was her in to make that happen that's pretty cool 21 years old look at that mm-hmm. not bad not bad at all i I'm think jealous. she was actually Respect. 20 I'm i think jealous. she was actually 20 what's her name just kidding <laughs> <laughs> i'm jealous <laughs> no right now i mean it's it's really people are like it's hard to get into investment property you know they're just not working hard enough they're not out looking you they know don't, they don't know mm-hmm. you know you can't blame them for not knowing and now you know is that right yeah there? alan is uh working with some investors he's really good at that i've been watching him do that for years and uh, his people always find deals, you know, and they're just really, really out there looking and hustling, you know, knocking doors. You have to constantly be out there, yeah. well, whether you're knocking, whether you're calling, <clears throat> sending out flyers, you know, constantly looking, you know, wherever it might be online, you know, for sale by owners, et cetera. Mm-hmm. You, know, you have a, a lot of good, you know, a, a lot of opportunities right there where it's kind of untapped, where you don't have all the agents on the MLS that are looking at properties. You're able to find them off market. And be able to pick those up as well, you know, what, what, whether for your client or for yourself as well, where you can turn it, I mean, flip it, mm-hmm. I mean, remodel it, flip it, et cetera, or even keep it as a long-term hold. Um, but there's always properties out there. 
when people go, hey, there's nothing out there. I can't buy anything. There's always something. You're not something. looking hard enough. Yeah, you got to keep looking. Hard <laughs> Alan had a, had a good experience today. He visited the, the housing auction. I did. It's pretty cool. Oh, First I'm, time. I never... I don't know anyone Nobody who's knows. done that. <laughs> yeah. We probably shouldn't talk about it in the podcast. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, he shared with me his experience and it's actually very interesting. So mm-hmm. I'm curious to know and, and go later on. Um, Let but the bidding start. Yeah, right? I like that. That's cool. Um, but dude, thank you again for coming on. You know, I hopefully, uh, you know, we had uh, some value that we added to some of the agents and listeners and people who are looking to purchase a home, you know, um, we'll go ahead and give you a plug. Um, and then also the uh, um, uh, lenders who are looking to build their business and, you know, get to the level of success that you've achieved um, through some of the stuff that you've been doing. And that's marketing, promoting yourself on social media, doing some video content, being creative, learning new skills, mm-hmm. right? And not being afraid to talk to people, right. you know? And I think that you have an advantage over a lot of people because you used to be a country singer. So <laughs> <laughs> I never knew that, right? We know right. that now. Um, bring in some of your albums so you can play them on the podcast. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if you can do oh, man. traditional country music. Pro- we'll figure it out. I'll, I'll work it in one of these uh, sound <laughs> effects right here. Um, but dude, thanks for coming on. Give us a, I mean, let, let me get, let me get a, a plug for you. I mean, so, you know, your, your, uh, your company you're with is Fairway, Fairway Mortgage. Yes. Fairway Mortgage. Um, Where can they the, find you on Instagram? Oh, Instagram. It better just call me again. 801-913-8960. Available anytime. Just call and I'll be here. Awesome. But you do have an Instagram and it's at Vicky <laughs> Victoria Blackie. Blackie. Victoria and then Blackie. as far as Facebook, Vicky Blackie. Vicky Blackie. Yeah. You should promote that because you do have a lot of cool videos that you put on Facebook. I see those like you're very creative, really. Oh, I saw your stuff and I thought you were working with like a, a an editor and a, and a graphic designer. Do you know what's crazy? All of it is on your phone. This one. Yeah. Everything happens here. And so when people are like, oh, I need to hire a videographer. Honestly, practice apps, 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 yeah. and uh, just get used to be on the camera. So, cool. and of course, you know, Amazon lighting, the green screen, whatever, but you learn it. Yeah. It's not that yeah. hard. And you've so. got it. It's working. Alan, thanks for, for being here yep. and giving us some insight on some of the investments and different types of loans and stuff like that. You, you guys are, you know, the dream team right here. I'm really happy that we're Ooh, all working Ooh, the together. dream team. Yeah, I'm really happy we're all working <laughs> together. Um, but, dude, yeah, thanks again. I want to be respectful of your time. I know you have a deal right now. You got to go. And, and yeah, we've got to a closing, closing to go to. Yeah. Closing what, 730? <laughs> yep. yep. There you go. Okay, well, thank you again for being here. Guys, look forward to seeing you in the next one. I need to know everything. Who in the what and the where I need everything. Trust me, I hear what you're saying, but I like it's new what you're telling me. I'm curious, George, I happen to pour some five and a-